Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That's what Satan's sole goal is. He wants to weaken your faith. He wants to destroy your faith. Every attack of the enemy, that's the aim. Every trial, every test, every temptation has in the end zone, if I can use that metaphor, with the goalposts of destroying our faith. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Many people think that living a Christian life is happy-go-lucky and full of blessings. While it is, Pastor J.D. reminds us today that we're also called to a life of trials. Jesus warns you of these trials so that when you go through them, you won't be shaken in your faith. When you expect difficulties, don't you prepare for them? Well, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, our text will be the first five verses, verse 1 through 5. So the Apostle Paul is writing to these believers there in Thessalonica, and he continues now here in verse 1 of chapter 3 and says, so when we could stand it no longer, he's going to say that two times before we're done. We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel, and we're told why. To strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that, verse 3, no one would be unsettled by these trials. For we know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, verse 5, and here it is again, When I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. Not how many people you have on a Sunday morning, not your building, not your parking. No, to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. I want to talk with you today about a simple yet powerful and vital truth that, if understood and applied, more importantly, can change our Christian lives. I know that's kind of a... (laughs) provocative statement to begin with, 
But truly, if we understand this, it really can be a game changer, so to speak, in how we live our Christian lives. What I want to talk about is how difficult trials don't have to unsettle us, shake us, or destroy us, particularly as it relates to our faith in Christ. Here in today's text, the Apostle Paul, and I love this about Paul, and particularly to this church there in Thessalonica, he very emotionally and passionately explains why it is and even how it is actually possible to not be unsettled when adversity strikes, and adversity strikes. In so doing, he provides us with two reasons that trials should never move us. I'm reminded of what Luke writes in the book of Acts, where Paul says, nothing moves me. I'm unfazed, unmoved. I'm not shaken by anything. He could say that. If there was ever anyone that could say that, it was certainly the Apostle Paul. Here's the first reason that trials should never shake our faith. It's because trials actually strengthen our faith. In the last part of verse 2 and then in the first part of verse 3, notice Paul tells them Timothy was sent to them for the purpose of strengthening and encouraging them in their faith. Now, it's important to understand that Paul longed to go back to Thessalonica to see how they were doing. But as we learned last week in the previous verses in chapter 2, God allowed Satan to block his way so that he could not make his way back there. And I truly believe as a result of God allowing the enemy to keep him from going back, we have two epistles that we may not have otherwise had. And aren't you glad? Oh my goodness. So he couldn't stand any longer. I think of it as a parent who just wants to know how their children are doing. And they want to receive word. They can't go to where their children are, but they want to know how they're doing. And keep in mind, this is before email and social media and the technology that we have today. So the only way that he could find out how they were doing was to send Timothy to bring word back as to how they were doing. But notice again that the purpose for strengthening them in their faith was so that the trials wouldn't unsettle them in their faith. In other words, trials are not to unsettle us, they are to strengthen us. And that's why we have the trials in our life. What if I told you that Satan's sole goal, if I can say it that way, is to destroy our faith? 
Jesus said the enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's nothing new under the sun. This is exactly what he did in the garden. He was trying to plant a seed of doubt in the mind of Eve. Half God said, question mark. Hmm. He was seeking to destroy her faith in what God said. So now there's doubt. That's what Satan's sole goal is. He wants to weaken your faith. He wants to destroy your faith. Every attack of the enemy, that's the aim. Every trial, every test, every temptation has in the end zone, if I can use that metaphor, with the goalposts of destroying our faith. And Paul knew it. And that's why Paul was greatly concerned. He, he feared that after he left, that their faith would fail. That the trials that they were encountering, and they were encountering trials and tests and tribulation and persecution, big time persecution. But God, but God, as only He can, takes that which is aimed at weakening and destroying our faith, and makes it to encourage and strengthen our faith. I mean, I think of that, that verse that says, He makes the wrath of, even the wrath of man to praise Him. The wrath of man. What's intended for evil, what's intended for destruction, what Satan means for evil, what man means for evil, God means for good. I don't know how He does it, I just know that He does it, because that's who He is. Now, before we get to the second reason, there's a very important and misunderstood truth in this regard. It's that our faith can be tested in both times of adversity as well as prosperity. And the reason being is that in times of adversity, we're prone to doubt God, and in times of prosperity, we get caught up in it and forget God. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 through 9. Listen to this. Two things I request of you, deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. This is a great prayer, and here's why. Listen to this. Lest I be full and deny you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. I would venture to say that in some cases prosperity can be more of a test of our faith than adversity. And I'll explain why I say that. You know, sometimes when we're prospered and blessed, we tend to 
become distant from the Lord. We don't look to the Lord. We don't trust in the Lord because, I mean, hey, things are going smashingly well. I love that word smashing, by the way. I really have wanted, and I know I've shared this before, this is a complete side note, not in my notes, but indulge me. I think we need to bring that word back. Oh, you look smashing. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. But when things are going smashing, (laughs) things are going well, I mean, it shows up in our prayer life, or should I say lack thereof. This is something the Lord's been really ministering to me as of late, is that, you know, I, I want to bless you, but the concern is, is that if I bless you and prosper you, that you'll start thinking it's you. It'll start going to your head. And you know, it's interesting, and okay, you've said this, you've heard this said, right? God will never give you more than you can handle right? Well then that's true. But isn't it also true that it's always couched in terms of adversity? You know that precious and dear brother and sister is going through just a really difficult time, a really hard trial, and you want to encourage them, and you, and you try to encourage them, you know, and you say to them, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And sometimes, I know for me, I, I don't I'm sorry, I just don't warm up. You know, easy for you to say. <laughs> you know, everything's going well for you. Sorry. But have you ever thought of it this way? That God will not give you more adversity than you can handle, but so too will God not give you more prosperity than you can handle. You know, whenever we say that, We're actually paraphrasing, even quoting 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. And important, uh, parenthetically, to understand the original language, some of your translations will render it temptation. It's the same original Greek word for trial. So when you read temptation, it's the same word translated trial. Because if, if you think about it, every trial is a temptation and every temptation is a trial, right? So, He says, no temptation slash trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. I love these two words. But God changes everything right there. Those two words. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Now, This is really important that you hear this last part, because sometimes I think we leave this off. It's like Paul Harvey used to say, it's the rest of the story, okay? So you will not be tried above what you're able to bear, and here's why, and here's how, and this is germane to our understanding. With the temptation, with the trial, vis-a-vis the trial, because of the trial, God will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear up under it. Did you catch that? I wish it weren't so, if I could be so (laughs) honest with you. I wish it weren't 
that the only way to be strengthened in the trial is to go through the trial. See, I want God to get me out of it. God says, I'm not going to get you out of it. I'll get you through it. I'm not going to get you out of it though. Because if I got you out of it, you're going to have to retake the test. Oh, I used to hate that in school. Right? If you, if you don't pass the test, you're going to have to retake the test. Oh, I've retaken so many tests in my time. And, and this is true in the sense that the Lord wants us to pass the test as it were. So here comes the test. Here comes the trial. Here comes the adversity. God wants me to learn something. God wants me to have something that I heretofore do not have, namely strength. So it's like God's saying, you, you pray and you're asking me for strength. Lord, I need your strength. You know not what you ask. I can just hear the angels given charge concerning me and go, did he just pray that? Yes, he did. Did he just pray and ask God to give him strength? Yeah. Oh no. Because <laughs> guess what? The way that God's going to give him strength is to give him a trial, because in the trial comes the strength. Oh, I wish there was a shortcut. Here's the second reason, and this is a biggie. The reason that trials should never shake our faith is because we should expect trials. Uh, Stay with me on this. When I'm not expecting trials, I'm going to be blindsided by the trials. I mean, when when you are expecting it, you're steadied and readied for it. But when you're not expecting it, oh my goodness, you're completely derailed by it. And this is so true in this regard. It's even worse than that. I'm sorry to say it like that, but it's actually worse than that. Not only should trials be expected in our lives, trials are the destiny of our lives. That's what Paul said. He he says, for you know that we were destined for them. You'll forgive me. I, I, I struggle with and maybe I'm hypercritical, but I love good preaching. I mean, I have my favorite Bible teachers that I listen to on a daily basis, sometimes all day throughout the day. I just, I just love the style of their teaching and preaching. And on the other side of that, there are guys, with all due respect, brothers in Christ, I'll see them in heaven, Thank God that we'll know nobody in heaven according to the flesh here on earth. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, so much. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Anyway, that's another topic for another time. But here's the basic tone of it. You have a destiny. I do. You have a purpose and a destiny to be fulfilled in your life. I do. Yeah. What is it? Oh, grand and glorious things. It's your destiny, 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 destiny. I don't find that here. 
I'm sorry. You'll forgive me. You know what our destiny is? Trials. Oh, I don't want to hear that. That's the problem. It's not being preached. It's not being heard. And so sad, because it sets people up for this derailing, unexpected, God, what are you doing? Why is this happening? I thought I had a destiny. You do, but the destiny was for trials. That's your destiny. You're destined for them. And sadly, many a Christian is ill-prepared. They're not expecting it. And that's why they're so shaken by it. When the trial comes, they were ready. They weren't expecting it, and they weren't planted and solid and standing firm, deep with their roots in the Word of God. You know, it's not in my notes again. I always go back and forth with the Holy Spirit. Are you sure I'm supposed to share that? And then if it keeps coming back up, then I, I yield to the Holy Spirit. So maybe this is for somebody here or watching online. When I uh, first got saved, I really got grounded early on in the Word of God. Read the Bible all the way through for the first time. Took me about six months. Couldn't put it down, actually. And I got off to a good start. Got off on the right foot, so to speak. Got into a church, a Calvary Chapel at the time, that was teaching the Word. And I got grounded and rooted in the Word. So I was ready. I didn't have any of this rose-colored glasses gospel where, hey, come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. Oh, happy day. Because see, if I signed up for that, and then the trial hits, you're going, hey, I didn't sign up for this. What's this? (laughs) I don't think so. No, I knew it was coming. And I was ready for it. And so then, when, not if, the trial hit, the adversity struck. It's like a tree, right? You know when the storms come, you see these, especially palm trees are like bent down like this. A good posture to be in, by the way. Bowed before the Lord in the storm. But they don't fall over. Why? Because that root system is deep and strong, and it can bear up. But did you know that the way that the root system of that tree that doesn't go down when the storms come, you know how it gets so strong and how it goes so deep? The storms! Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.